grab your wine, put your headphones on and relax. Let's rip open the cover of the sealed section. Welcome to After Dark with Louise Wilkinson. Well, it's Are You OK Day. So tonight, dear listener, I ask the question, are you OK? How are you going with the announcement that lockdown will last just that little bit longer? I ask you to flip your thinking and make it a positive Take this opportunity to explore your sexuality. And tonight, we're going to be giving you that in spades. Gabrielle Laurie, our resident relationships and sex therapist, will be along to talk about keeping connected as a couple with all of the extra pressure, the homeschooling, the extra housework that comes along with lockdown, and how we can still spice it up in the bedroom. Are you a penis owner? If you are, Luke from Conscious Couples will be along to talk about a new course that explores men and intimacy. He argues that anyone can go through the machinations of sex, but can you achieve deep intimacy with your partner? He has some thoughts around that. Stay tuned to hear all about that. Jasmine from Conscious Sexuality will be along to talk about sexual self-expression and how we can embody our inner god or goddess in the bedroom. And of course, the fabulous Timberlina will be along dispensing her drag therapy advice to one and all. We've got a big show for you. Stay tuned. Coming up on Lipstick After Dark. Want to unlock your pleasure? Jasmine invites you to push past your limiting beliefs around sex and love. It's Conscious Sexuality. Well, Madonna said it best, express yourself. We all remember that bop, don't we? But what about how we express ourselves in the bedroom? Sexual self-expression is something that is worth exploring and I can't think of anyone better to explore it with than Jasmine from Conscious Sexuality. Welcome back to Lipstick After Dark, Jasmine. Thanks for having me, Louise. Always a pleasure. Okay, so you we, we were talking off air and you, you've done a workshop on this recently. So tell us a little bit about what constitutes uh, sexual self-expression and why it's important. Yeah, okay. So sexual self-expression is not necessarily how we express ourselves in the bedroom, okay? Mm-hmm. It is a little bit more expanded and broad than that. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to bring it to everyone because often we yearn to express ourselves in a certain way or we wish to have a certain level of confidence, um, which in turn flows into the bedroom. Yeah. But then sometimes we just don't know how to activate it within us. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so this concept of sexual self-expression is something that I'm really passionate about. One, because it's a journey that I've taken myself. Mm. Um, and so it's a real lived experience um, in how we cultivate our confidence, how we cultivate our deep inner knowing of like who we are as a person. Yes. Yeah. And um, and as I was doing a bit more research into self, sexual self-expression, it's actually um, started way back, way, way, way back. This is not a new concept, um, back in ancient Greece. And back in ancient Greece, they understood the importance of, of caring for oneself 
first. Mm. Um, and it was really part of their culture. And so sexual self-expression comes uh, to us more when we know our bodies. Yes, for sure. Understand that, yeah. Right, exactly. So a lot of, you know, a lot of our chats that we've had over the last couple of months when I've, when I've popped up here onto the radio is all around knowing ourselves. Mm. It's all about creating that pleasure within us. Um, and it's about putting ourselves first. And so for me, I liken self, uh, sexual self-expression to three elements. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mind. So we've got our mind, which is our knowledge. Yes. Okay. We've got our heart, which I believe is our intuition. Yep. And then we've got our sexuality, which is relating to our pleasure. Yeah, spot on. Yeah. And so I believe that by getting to know and cultivating those three elements of our being, our mind, our heart, and our sexuality, we cultivate that sexual self-expression um, in how we express ourselves just in general. Yes. But then how we express ourselves in the bedroom. Absolutely. I get that. And you know, it is very powerful what you're saying because if we externalise that uh, that part of ourselves, so if we put the power in, in someone else's hands and we don't uh, own it ourselves, uh, that makes it a, a very different ball game. So it really does come from within um, and we can't exactly. outsource that. Exactly, and you really hit that right there. It comes from within. Mm. It's not something that we can go and grab the latest online course on to tell us how to do it. It's actually something that's already built within us, which is awesome. Mm. It's just knowing how can we activate this part of us? How can we bring this to life within us? Yes. Um, and there are a whole host of things that, that you can be doing. But one um, thing that I would love to pass on to everybody is a practice of slow self-touch. Right, okay. And so it's just about getting, like finding time for yourself, putting on a a music, a a track that you love, that you relate to, and starting from your head and then slowly moving all the way down till you get to your toes, really gently touching and nurturing yourself. Mm. So rather than waiting for your partner or somebody else to give you a hug or to give you a massage. We're giving that to ourselves. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. And we're cultivating that. That's right. We're going to ourselves and we're going to, we're going to bring what is within us out and we're going to nurture ourselves and give our body love. And then you'll see how that changes the way that you tackle things in the bedroom or how you tackle your self-confidence or even just how you express yourself as a person in general. Yeah. Um, But I love, love, love this practice because it's just a really beautiful, caring, really easy way, like two minutes to just give ourselves a bit of love, to, to hover over the areas maybe that we don't love as much. Mm-hmm. of ourselves and just to receive love from ourselves, so a bit of a gift to ourselves. Yeah, I love it. I love that. And it it really does, uh, you know, heighten every experience um, when you are in touch with yourself because uh, 
you can share that knowing exactly who you are with someone else. So if we're always sort of not really paying attention to ourselves and just focusing on necessarily our partner's pleasure, then Mm. we're kind of missing out. And we want it to be explosive on both sides, don't we? (laughs) That's right. And, And the beauty of something as simple as this practice is it can actually really highlight where on your body you really enjoy being touched. Mm. And so then you're able to take that into a partnered experience and and really enhance that um, intimacy with somebody else because you've gone, oh, yeah, that's right, I loved that part of my body being touched. And you can communicate that to that person and then, again, enhance your you know bedroom experience as well. Love that. Jasmine, that's absolute gold. Uh, I love all of that. And uh, yeah, take that time. It doesn't take that long, ladies and gents listening, but you know, it does come from within and it is something that we need to know ourselves, uh, you know, so that we can uh, stand in, in our own, you know, sexual power and pleasure and enjoy the experience as much as we possibly can. And knowing how our own bodies tick is absolutely crucial to that process. Yep, that's exactly right. Jasmine, thank you so much once again for joining us on Lipstick After Dark. We all know the brain is the biggest sex organ, so it's no wonder there's a fair bit of psychology behind our sexual practices. Our resident sex and relationships therapist, Gabrielle Laurie, helps us navigate our way around the bedroom or whichever room takes your fancy. What head are you thinking with on After Dark? Now, one of the advantages to lockdown is that we get to spend a little bit more time with our partner than usual, but sometimes when there's more housework to do, there's more mental load, the kids are under our feet a lot more. That can affect our sex drives. So we have all this time, but we're really not taking advantage of it. And here to help is our resident relationships and sex therapist, Gabrielle Laurie. Welcome back to Lipstick After Dark, Gabrielle. Thank you. So, look, obviously, uh, we're a few weeks deep into this lockdown. And while we might have been excited to, you know, we think we have all this extra time on our hands, but I don't know about anyone else, but I seem to be falling through my days. I don't know where they're going. And there seems to be just a never-ending stream of chores and, uh, you know, mountains to climb each and every day. So that can have a negative effect on the sex drive once we get into the bedroom, can't it? Yes, and especially for women's bodies, uh, resentment is probably one of the biggest blocks of sex drive or sexual desire for um, a couple. Men's testosterone can override it fairly easily. They can still have sex if they're irritated with you. (laughs) 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 Not in all cases. Sometimes it swaps. Sometimes the women's got a higher drive and the men's got a lower. But, yeah, just in those terms, yeah, resentment, we've got to clear it. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So look, I mean, I'm painting a picture here that I'm sure is familiar to a lot of people. Uh, They uh, have long days. uh, We're all cramped up in close proximity. There's little niggles. There's uh, maybe what we see as unfair division of housework. And then the husband goes, okay, 
So, babe, how about it? And you're like, are you joking? Like, I've done six loads of washing today. You know, um, the kids are driving me out the wall, one drew on the wall with texter even. I, You know, why would you think that I'd be up for that? Uh, <laughs> and, um, and then that sort of compounds the problem because he's going, well, what's that got to do with getting it on? I don't understand the correlation because my testosterone is overriding everything right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, gentlemen, uh, the biggest erogenous zone is a woman's brain. So if, if it's full of a to-do list and mental load and emotional work in the family and she can't cross anything off, that to-do list because perhaps you might load the dishwasher but you don't really wipe down the oven top or the benches so to her that's just one job cleaning the kitchen so she wants to cross it off her mental load if, if she can't ever cross off those jobs there is no room for any sexy thoughts and she's going to be pretty angry if you try to you know grab her breast or <laughs> yeah and and yeah so probably the best way is to first clear any resentment with um, Dr. John Gray's love letter technique. So you can Google it. Um, I think Christine Longacre does the best version. She breaks it into five elaborate parts. So you just write on a piece of paper each, A4 piece each, um, you write all the things you feel a bit, you feel angry about, all the things you feel hurt by, all the things you feel sad about, all the things you feel scared of. But then all the things you love and appreciate about your partner. So what this does, you read it to each other and you're not allowed to interrupt and you're not allowed to um, get defensive or, or argue every point and go into other areas. Your job is just to listen and repeat back what your partner said. So if they say, I feel furious when uh, the kids need to be taken to soccer and you stay in the toilet for an hour. The other person says, you feel furious when the kids need to be taken to soccer and I stay in the toilet for an hour every Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> so that person just feels seen and heard and then you go on to the next one. I feel hurt when uh, I wanted to chat to you about our days and you just scroll through Facebook while you're talking to me. And the other person says, you feel hurt when you want to chat to me about our days, how our days are, and I just scroll through Facebook. So once you get to the bottom, believe it or not, you'll shift through the anger and resentment down to the loving feelings at the bottom. But the reason couples never get to the love at the bottom of all the resentment or sadness or hurt is because they don't have a safe tool like the love letter technique to do this. So Couples will just get stop, stuck at the top saying the things that they feel angry about. Then the other person shuts down or walks away or gets defensive and invalidates that person's feelings. So neither of them feel seen and heard. And the problem with this pattern is uh, Dr. Barbara DeAngelis describes it best. You might go into the four R's, which are resistance, resentment, rejection, sexual rejection and repression. So you want to avoid these. So resistance is those little irritated feelings like, oh, I wish you'd offer me a back, like a massage to get me in the mood for sex rather than just grabbing me on the breast when he hasn't spoken to me for three days. Or he might think, oh, I wish she'd stop joking with her friends, but I never do anything 
with the children. You know, he, he notices some resistance to that comment. When it moves into resentment, she'll start to think, oh, I hate it when he pours at me. Like, you know, mm-hmm. that's the last thing that will make me in a mood for sex. Um, or he might amp his resentment up to, oh, she just criticises me nonstop about not helping with the kids. I'm just fed up. I'm just going to go into the shed. Mm. So then it turns into rejection. So then uh, you might do an active open rejection uh, because you show how angry you are and you um, reject your partner's sexual advances and uh, you leave the room or, and, or you might do a passive rejection. So for no apparent reason, uh, you're never in the mood for sex or you might become a workaholic or you make no time for your partner, or you tune them out when they're speaking, you just don't remember anything they say, or or you're not really listening. And so this turns into sexual rejection. And then after this stage is the repression state, where you just go into emotional numbness, where this is actually when couples look like they're getting along really well, but they've just given up. Mm. They've repressed so many of the little things, they didn't, they weren't honest in a safe way using the love letter technique or another tool to let out their feelings when issues were little, when they were just a little bit of resistance. So these problems have been repressed and built up inside them like a Coke bottle. And if they're an explosive person, they'll explode out. Or if they're a repressed person, they'll explode inwards. Mm. And, and they might withdraw or stonewall or give a silent treatment. So uh, when that happens, the repression, basically you just become a child, uh, flatmates knowing a child care centre. Mm. You know, it all it all looks calm on the surface and might look good to the neighbours, like you're, you know, the perfect couple, but you're probably not having any sex. And this is where the sex plus marriages occur. So, mm. yeah, sadly... This is a is a common, common pattern. But like I said, you can get out of this. It's not it's really not the end if you start practicing some different habits. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know that we've talked before about uh, foreplay not starting in the bedroom and this is a classic example, isn't it? Uh, that yeah. yeah, just airing out and and feeling heard on those little things and uh you know coming to the table when they're little uh saves an extremely big problem down the track absolutely yeah and and if sometimes you've got to speak in your partner's language like i i said to my partner you know when i notice your idea of cleaning the house is just shoving anything anywhere and i can't find it Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I said, would you like me and the kids to go into your shed with all your tools and we'll clean it that way and we'll put all your tools wherever we think might be just quickest and easiest for us. And he finally got it. He goes, oh, yeah, that would be irritating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he goes to uh, if you can't find anything. <laughs> yep, I get it, I get it. Those are some great tips, Gabrielle. And, uh, you know, if you are sort of starting to feel the wear of lockdown, uh, I encourage you to sit down and, and do this exercise because, you know, 
We, we do want to uh, have a rich and fulfilling sex life, and but we need to make sure that, uh, you know, all of the groundwork is done for that perfect night together. Gabrielle, thank you so much for your tips once again on Lipstick After Dark. You're welcome. Thank you. Ever wondered about Tantra? Perhaps you want to know the benefits of sperm retention. Luke and Sindra from Conscious Couples invite you to explore the outer limits of your sexuality on After Dark. half of the conscious couple Luke is joining me tonight here on Lipstick After Dark Luke welcome back to the show Oh thank you so much it's really nice to spend a bit of a alone time with you Oh look flattered flattered and you complimented my hair so uh, you're doing well because it's been a hot mess recently so I appreciate that you noticed that I actually did it today so yeah, lockdown hair has been a hot topic. I tell you, there's a lot of people talking about their lockdown hair situations at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. It is look first world problems, but it's real. So it is. <laughs> it is. I'm looking for like a backyard barber right now that'll you know do the chop, uh, you know, <laughs> under the radar. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to this little conversation today. It's been something that we've been um, cooking up for quite some time. Yeah. So you have a new course offering, and I'm so excited to dive into it because we have on on the show previously talked about um, the women's groups that you've had going and co- and couples, but this one is for the lads, isn't it? It is, yeah. So we've just launched a brand new men's six-week group coaching program called Ignite Your Intimacy. And it's something that Cinder and I have been working on and cooking up for quite some time, uh, as we've spoken about in the past, in the work that we do around pleasure, intimacy, um, sexuality, tantra. Um, we find a lot of women stepping up calling out for the work they they're wanting deeper more intimate connections in their relationships and we've been hearing as we've been more and more visible with what we do there's more men stepping up and saying what about us yeah so uh yeah it's uh it's here it's ready to happen and uh we've we've launched it this week and it's it's starting on the fourth of next month so we're super excited for it excellent all right so look i mean the old the old adage goes that uh you know women are sort of like a uh, a cold bath that need to be warmed up slowly and men are like a firecracker and they can go any any time anywhere uh whether in the middle of an argument even um but you are here to sort of (laughs) sort of um get get men to look a little bit more closely at um what the sexual experience means aren't you absolutely yeah it's kind of the um you know tantra is not something that's commonly sort of delved into by the by the everyday human but once you start to dive into it you really realize that it's all about life force and it's all about presence and it's all about the self more Mm. than anything so Finding pleasure and intimacy within yourself is a huge step to them being able to share it uh, healthily and safely in your relationship, mm. creating safety in yourself. You can then bring safety to your partner and that's when the magic happens. You know, no, nobody wants to be intimate if they don't feel safe to express or be held or express the needs that, and desires that they actually are up for in that moment in time. We get a lot of men telling us that they're sick of getting knocked back. They're sick of, um, you know, the intimacy being 
decided and controlled by their partner and, you know, needs not getting met. We have a lot of women saying that there's, um, there's a libido mismatch and there just seems to be a lot of couples that are coming to us saying we're just on different wavelengths when it comes to intimacy. Mm, yeah, and that would be an issue. And it's something that I guess is a little bit difficult to bring to the table as a couple. So each of us probably need those vocabulary, like the vocabulary that comes with being able to bring that conversation to the table um, and be honest about it because uh, being able to, to talk about it, to recognise um, where that disconnect might be is point number one in trying to, you know, create that really connected, intimate experience that is next level um, because there there is layers to, um, to sexual experiences. And you can have an okay one, you know, if you're not, if you're just scratching the surface. But if you if you're brave enough to go down much deeper, then, you know, the results are there. So, you know, it's really worthwhile. <laughs> it is. Like we've, we've all had bad sex. Like mm. I know I've had shit sex and I don't really want to have any more shit sex. No. Um, we've all had okay sex, you know, it's possible. And some of us have had the, the ability to have really, really good sex. And once you've had really good connected, intimate sex, that's really where you want it to be. And there's this, I think I spoke to you about it on the podcast about semen retention. There's this old adage for men, like there's this scarcity mindset, like the lack mindset, mm. the one that you knock back the one that you never get, whether it's good or bad or whether it brings connection and intimacy to your relationship. If you, you know, if you go in for, you know, sex, no matter how it looks, then you're a winner at the end of the day, which when it comes to relationships, especially long-term relationships, if you have intimacy without the communication and without the connection, normally it ends in more distance in the relationship, mm. like more of a disconnect. So this course, this program, like, you know, men love systems, you know, like we, we love a metric, we love rules to follow, we love a manual, we love a rule book. <laughs> um, so this thing's broken down into three modules over the six weeks, right? So the first one's all about, um, like shifting the paradigm from self-pleasure, you know, like look, looking outwards for your needs to be met at, at all times. And if you touch yourself, then it's a dirty thing that you do in a dark room, you know, and nobody should know about mm. compared to shifting that focus to finding self-awareness to your body. What do you actually like? What do you want? If you are intimate and somebody said, what do you want? It's not going to be turbo doggy every time, mm. you know, it, it's, you know, what do, what do you actually want? What does your body enjoy? Does it always have to be sex, like penetrative sex for it to be intimate? Or do you just like being touched? Like, what do you actually like? So that first two weeks is all about coming back to yourself and knowing yourself a little bit deeper. The second two weeks is all about communication, like the tools, like you said, the vocabulary to be able to connect. Mm. So like there's that, that, that connection with yourself, then the communication to connect with others. And then the last part is all about pleasure, like performance, orgasm, like mm. what feels good, how to share that with your partner so that you're confident when you go into intimacy that everybody's needs can be met. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. And look, you are right. Um, <laughs> you know, men do love a bloody good manual. So you've really nailed it in terms of the format because, yeah, and it's really interesting what you were saying about, um, you know, what asking 
if someone asked you, what do you like? And also being able to ask that of the other person, I challenge a lot of couples who maybe have been together for a really long time. I wonder whether that question's ever been asked. What do you want more of? What yeah. do you want less of? Yeah. And, yeah. and to be able to have the tools to be able to ask that uh, and the transparency to be able to ask that is only going to level up your game. Um yeah, because that really that really struck me that I think what you were saying about, you know, people can be together for a really long time, but they're not necessarily intimate. So, and mm. everyone wants that. Everyone wants that amazing mm. connection. So, having the... Or the couples that have been uh, intimate for a long time, but they may not be connected in yeah. intimacy. Yeah, you know, that's right. The same three moves for 12 years sort of thing. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So, um, you know, being able to know what you want be able to communicate that to your partner and in turn get feedback on what they want and then also uh, the performance element. Uh, Fellas, I don't see that there's anything to lose with doing this course at all. (laughs) Honestly, I was saying to Sindra when we were going through the marketing for it and she was like, how do you think we should get people to sign up? And I said, tell them they'll have more, better sex. Mm. You know, who doesn't want that? Like more connected, more intimate, like less knockbacks. You like you can't lose in this situation. But there's a big, you know, boundary for men signing up and leaning into this sort of work in the ego. The ego says to us, "Why should I need help with this? Like I should just know. Mm. I should turn eighteen, start having sex, and just know how it all works." Yeah. Yep. But we don't. No. No, uh, and um, you know, and certainly there's those there's those levels, and there's um, you know, I'm I'm sort of thinking about um, an episode of Sex in the City that I saw, and um, you know, iconic show, but uh, Carrie had had a one night stand with this guy who thought he was amazing in bed, and he was a jackhammer, and he actually put a neck out, and she had to be a bridesmaid in a wedding the next day, and um, yeah, but he was completely unaware of the fact that you know he was. He was quite um, <laughs> not connected, shall we say? Um, so <laughs> he is, you know, someone who would uh, that springs to mind that would benefit from this course incredibly because, yeah, it um, there is. You're right, there is that barrier, and you know, why don't we just know where the man we should we should just know? And mm. you know, when you when you reach those new levels of of connectivity and, and intimacy, you go, oh, that's what I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. When we've run the women's courses in the past, one of the biggest things, because Sindra and I do it together, you mm-hmm. know, like we'll do a session me, a session Sindra, and session me, session Sindra. And the women that have run the course have said that it's the best bit has been like the permission slip in having both the yin and the yang facilitating it. Like you're getting permission from the whole, you know, a, a large portion of the spectrum saying you deserve pleasure. Yeah, you you can embody intimacy, and you deserve to be having good sex. You know, here's a guide and a map towards that. So it's going to be super valuable for the men that sign up to have Syndra as well. You know, facilitating this thing. Mm. Um, you know, that's a that's a beautiful part of the energy to be able to tap into if you want to start moving forward in your intimacy. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, what does the course look like? Is it obviously um, we don't know where we're going to be at the beginning of uh, October? It's um, you know we might be still in our houses, we might be out and about. Um, what is the delivery of the course? 
the delivery of the course is um, like, I guess through a closed Facebook group. So we do one zoom per week where we, it's a group coaching call. Everybody gets on, everybody is on the screen, everybody gets to share and um, everything's recorded. And so one zoom group call a week and then one Facebook training a week where it'll just be Syndra or myself facilitating a session. And then after each section, it's uploaded into the Facebook group so people can consume it because we're all busy. You know, you sign up for a course and you say, yeah, I'll be there on Tuesday night at seven o'clock and then, you know, the kids chuck fit and you can't make it. So yeah. Uh, it's all up there to consume at your leisure, but there'll be one Zoom group coaching call a week and one training session per week for the entire six weeks. And uh, yeah, there'll be a bunch of um, homework each week, you know, achievable homework that you can mm. do just to sort of integrate what we talk about. You ever, ever gone and done like a training session Louise and you do it and it's amazing and then straight afterwards your partner says also oh, or somebody says hey, what was in it what was good about it and you're like oh fuck I don't know but it was great <laughs> and so the like the the homework is just to like cement it in as the yeah. days go past and make sure you don't forget that's it um, yeah. yeah pretty much two sessions a week for six weeks and uh there's a library there for you to watch back at your leisure after it's all finished so there's a ton of value in this thing. I, I I wish that I had this when I was about 25, to be honest. Yep. Yep. Amazing. That's an amazing offer. So how can people reach out to you, Luke, if they want to uh, get some information about starting the course? The best way would be to jump on our Instagram at Conscious Couples Coaching and check out the link in our bio. Um, you can register to um, get on an enrollment call or you can jump on the website to get all the details if you're a details person, which most men are. And um, to be honest, the first caller that books in gets half price, $400 off. So you know, if you want to get in quick, you sign up and then go and look at all the information and uh, you get $400 off this bad boy. Well, you heard it here first on Lipstick After Dark. Thanks for uh, for giving us the scoop on that. So, yeah, yeah if you're listening, uh, you can open your browser while you're continuing to listen to the rest of the show and book in. <laughs> Luke, thanks so much for joining us once again on Lipstick After Dark. I love our chats and this is going to be an absolutely amazing course for men. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Want some love and sex advice? Searching for the answer to your complex, confusing or downright awkward questions. The queen of the Newcastle drag scene is in the building. It's time for In Bed with Timberlina on After Dark. Ah, that was a bop. I was bopping along to that. Uh, <laughs> welcome back, uh, my love. <laughs> thank you for having me. Another week, another... Stay inside. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the weather has been beautiful, though. I don't know whether you've been taking advantage of it. Um, you you have said that, you know, regardless of lockdown, you are one busy queen. So, uh, you know, you've had a lot of work to do, but the weather has been absolutely glorious. I am going to try tomorrow and get out onto the lake foreshore and take advantage of it. Oh, I've been walking every day. It's like been part of my schedule so I get outside and take some fresh air so I'm not just inhaling stale air in my apartment um <laughs> so I'm loving it really loving it beautiful all right so tonight we're going to do something a little bit different uh because uh news broke this week that um that the first trans winner of drag race was announced and we have both seen some polarizing opinions so 
you know, what I have come up with is I want to I want to get a little bit into this with you today, uh, as opposed to our regular, um, you know, relationship advice, which people we are getting to. We'll be, we'll be back on track next week. But I just wanted to um, delve into it. So what are your thoughts on uh, a trans winner of Drag Race? I personally think it is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's taking the next step into where we actually need to see an international drag show. I think drag is for everybody. It shouldn't matter how you identify, what your sexuality is, what your gender is. Drag is for everybody. Um, and I feel like the way that people see drag now is because of RuPaul. RuPaul has very made it made it, ugh, has very much made it a part where it's cis male dressing up as a female and that's what everyone sees drag as where drag is not just a male dressing up as a female it is a female dressing up in hyper drag um it is a trans performer dressing up as like a drag king or a drag queen um so it can be literally anything and i think once you educate people on that then They'll be like, oh, okay, it's for everybody. Yeah. And I really feel when I look at drag, I actually feel it's an art. It's actually an art. It is. It is an art form. Um, it's like any kind of art where we're like expressing ourselves. It's like it's literally kind of like dance. That's um, it. It's like performance art. Um, and at the end of the day, it's like if you get up and dress like a dog on stage and you call it drag, I'll be like, I'll support you 100%. Um, it's how you express yourself, I guess, as well. Yeah, 100%. All right. So you are a Ru- RuPaul fan um, because some queens I, I have read secretly hate him and I, I don't really understand. But <laughs> um, It's because he has been known to be in the past a transphobe. Mm-hmm. Um and saying that trans performance cannot do drag. Um, so, yeah, I guess he he's problematic, but also he's done amazing things to put drag on an international platform where we are now normalising drag, where before it used to be in, like, the queer bars and that's where it would stay. It would never venture out. Um, so he is doing amazing things when we need to look at that from like business perspectives, especially for me. Like, I don't think I would be able to do drag full time if it wasn't for RuPaul. Yeah, absolutely. Has really brought it to the forefront. Um, yeah. Okay. So can you explain, because I have, I have had to explain this to a few people. What is the difference between trans and drag? Yeah. So drag is where well, you dress in a, either a hyper version of yourself so if it's a male dressing up as a drag king then they would be a hyper version of themselves a trans person is somebody that's transitioning so they are actually going through um mentally and physically and hormonally um they are transitioning so that could be they were born female at birth will assign female at birth and then they're transitioning into a male um where a lot of people get very confused because when I'm in drag and this is amazing because I love when people ask this, they're like, do you want to be a woman? And I'm like, no, I don't want to be a woman. I just get to have the fun of dressing up as a woman. And then I love being a man. I love my penis. Um, So um, I guess that's a good way to do it is like, they're not, they've actually, they're transitioning into themselves. Um, They're better selves. They're not 
they didn't like what they were assigned at birth and they're transitioning to something better. So. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And so do you identify as a woman when you are dressed up as a woman? So do you do you identify as a male when you're not dressed up and a female when you are dressed up? Yeah, so the best way to explain it is that my pronouns are he, him when I'm out of drag and she, her when I'm in drag. Yeah. Um, and the best way to do that, and I think people need to normalise this in everyday life, is hey, I'm Tim, my pronouns are he, him, or hi, my name's Timberlina, my pronouns are she, her. So it would be like everyone just needs to um, get over the fact that introducing yourself and using your pronouns when you're introducing yourself is normal now, just so people aren't confused. Um, And I think that's a new way that's coming into play slowly. um, Yeah. Yeah, it's getting much more normal, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, Like I noticed, uh, I'm a a big fan of the Glow Up, uh, the makeup show. And oh, yeah, um, yeah, and I noticed in season three they actually went to uh, the the trouble of introducing the contestants with their pronouns in brackets, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's amazing because you lot in email signatures now you'll see that they have their pronouns, which is freaking amazing. Yeah, everyone, everyone put your pronouns in your email signature. <laughs> Love it. Okay, now. A lot of people don't actually, I mean, you know, we are Zoom calling at the moment. So you are coming to me live from your closet. So I can see what's behind you. But a lot of people would be absolutely gobsmacked to get a handle on how expensive is it to be a drag queen? Really expensive. I want to swear so bad just then. Um <laughs> I've done a lot of like business podcasts in the last few weeks. Um, and I talk about budgets. Budgets are the biggest thing when it comes to me. And I think that's how I've been able to make my hobby a full-time career, but it is the most expensive thing. Um, I have about 35 weeks. Yes. Um, and some of them range from a hundred dollars up to $350. Um, and that's cheap. Like, yeah, it's cheap pretty cheap wigs, I think, but wigs are coming down in price. Um, and then costumes. Oh gosh. I have like drawers and drawers and drawers full of costumes. Um, so one corset that I have is worth $800. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, and I wore it once. Um, <laughs> pretty effective corset, I would say for $800. Yeah, it was because um, it was like individual um, ruffles all around it and it was faded in because it was for a special costume. And then I'm just looking around my room and then makeup is the most expensive thing. I spent $400 on eyeshadow palettes the other day. Wow. Yeah. Um, Huge. I go through a stick of foundation every three months and that's $50. But like I use five different shades. So. Right, because you do all the contouring and, and that sort of yeah. stuff. So, yeah, so how do you get such a flawless base? I'm very interested to know. So you say that you use sticks. Is that is that stage makeup sticks that you use or is it a heavy foundation, like a, um, like a full coverage foundation that um, you can so, buy in the stores? Um, no, so I use stage makeup. So I use Crayolan. Um, and it's all about like, so for me, obviously, I have a five o'clock shadow when I'm not in drag. Um, and shaving. So I have to use a beard concealer. Yeah. So it's like an orange color. And anywhere, like, I'm really dark, I'll put that around. And then you go on with your base 
and then you just have to blend, like blend, 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 blend. Um, and a good setting spray um, is always helpful. And powder. We powder a lot. I don't know, like so much powder goes into our face. We bake. Um, yeah. So, like to get those nice, beautiful tones. Yes. And do you, I've seen this um, on the glow up because I'm educating myself. Do you glue your eyel- your eyebrows down? Do yeah, you use so that technique? That takes me the longest time during my process. That takes about half an hour. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. Because, like, you don't want, like, your hair to come through. Like, you don't want to be see it. So you need to, like, fully block them out. And it takes longer when you can't see your brow specialist in freaking <laughs> lockdown. Yes, absolutely. I'm feeling your pain. I think, <laughs> I think everybody's going to need a good glue stick by the end of this because yeah. <laughs> it's just getting out of control. Tim Molina, I really thank you for today because I didn't really want to delve into the ins and outs and, and your thoughts on this. And they are questions that when I, when I talk about you being on After Dark, they are questions that uh, the everyday man asks. So I really thank you for taking this slight deviation into like what we normally do. And uh, it's been an absolutely fascinating chat, my friend. Thank you so much for your transparency. Thank you. you. No worries. We should do this more often. Absolutely. We'll come up with some outrageous questions for Timberlina every so often. I like it. All right. (laughs) Thank you once again, my friend. That was Timberlina on Lipstick After Dark. Sometimes cheeky, always fun. It's After Dark right here on Newcastle Live Radio. Well, the time has come again, dear listener, for me to tuck you in with a lipstick kiss and bid you good night. I leave you with this quote from Dan Simmons. It says, To see and feel one's beloved naked for the first time is one of life's purest, most irreducible epiphanies. If there is a true religion in the universe, it must include that truth of contact or be forever hollow. To make love to the one true person who deserves that love is one of the few absolute rewards of being a human being, balancing all of the pain, loss, awkwardness, loneliness, idiocy, compromise and clumsiness that go with the human condition. To make love to the right person makes up for a lot of mistakes. Thank you once again for joining me. I'm Louise Wilkinson, and this has been Lipstick After Dark. Grab your wine, put your headphones on, and relax. It's time to rip open the cover of the sealed section and delve deep. But be warned, it's adults only. It's After Dark with Louise Wilkinson from 8pm every Thursday night, only on Newcastle Live Radio. Thank you.